Hi, I'm Richard Buskin, author and co-host of one of those other podcasts, and you're listening to the Fab Four Free For All. Welcome to another edition of the Fab Four Free For All. My name is Rob Leonard, and I am your your counselor today, your happy-go-lucky Counselor? friend who's going to guide you through this show. And joining me are my other friends, Tony Truguardo. Hello, folks. And Mitch Axelrod. Hello, everybody. <laughs> anyway, our topic today is songs where a Beatle or Beatles guested on. Now, when we talk about this, the, the criteria is, is that it's not just here's a song I wrote for you and recorded. A Beatle must be on it to play or produce or whatever. Do so, we know that my, my grammar police just had an aneurysm with the way yes. Rob is? <laughs> yes. Sorry. <laughs> okay, no, I, I, I was, I'm, I'm creating new uses of the English language. <laughs> we all know what you meant, but it was just barely. <laughs> you speak good. <laughs> Which is really surprising because you, you, Rob's usually the last one of us that does that. So anyway, go ahead. And my father was an English teacher, and my mom is a teacher. But that's a whole other thing. And, and now, right now, all this going, oh, come on. Dad's trying to get back. What the hell's he doing? Right, he's trying he's to better. reanimate himself just to slap you. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> anyway, so we're going to pick about five songs each because there's a lot to pick from. And uh, this will be part one of many parts. It's like when we did, um, um, well, what what show did we do? Uh, favorite favorites, uh, favorite cover songs. If right. remember, we did that a while ago. This is a right. variation of it, except for the fact that a Beatle is actually on the track. So, um, anyway, um, we're going to start off with uh, uh, Mitchell. Mitchell, uh, we'll start. Well, are we going to do one each, or are we going to do five? No, five. no, no. One, we'll go around one each. Oh, round table. Okay, good. Okay, oh, great. Rob, Rob, since you're the counselor. Consigliere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's different. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely different. What, uh, what Beatle would you like to focus on first? Um, oh, I didn't think of that. Uh, let's start off with Paul. Paul? Yes. <laughs> Okay. Um, I'm not sure why he's Paul. <laughs> it's for both of you, but I, I, let's I'm start off with Paul. I just got so. Well, let's start with Mr. McCartney. Paul. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So I'm. I know Rob. This is probably going to be on your list, and I don't care. Uh, okay. Because you played it this morning, and it's uh, on the wings of a nightingale. Ooh, okay. Uh, um, as you know, he wrote it for the Everly Brothers, 1983. Because it was his payback for partial payback for uh, his years of loving. Because of them making his career. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Right. But uh, it's a great song. I love the demo, actually, that he does. Uh, right. But he does play guitar on it, so it does count. Right. Uh, I forgot that. I he totally plays forgot. the strumming guitar on it. It's a fantastic song. I think it would have been amazing for Paul if he did it on his own. Uh, but I, the Everly's had a hit with it. So. Um, it did, but I not as the biggest hit it should have been. No, but you it know. definitely charted. It did, but the, the the problem was is that the country people didn't know what to do. That was too poppy, and the pop people were like, well, who are the Everly Brothers? So, right. it, and at know, that, that point, they were doing all country. They were about to do all country, but it was great, on the what a great record. Before, and it's a it's an amazing, amazing record. So that's my number one for Paul. I'm sorry I stepped on you, Mitch, because I just told people the name of the album again because I think I said something. Oh, it's EB84. Yeah. Yep. Great, what a great, great album, by the way. The, there's a song in there called Asleep, which is unbelievable, too. And just in case people end up looking for that on Spotify or on some of the streaming services, mm -hmm. there's actually now a two-disc set called The Complete Mercury Recordings. Oh. And, and it's now got EB84 and Born Yesterday and some other, I think, non-album tracks on it. But yeah, which, man, which was a good period for them too when they came back. Oh, it was so good. Their version of um, "Why Worry" by Dire oh, Straits. Oh, oh my God, is that beautiful? That yeah. may be the best song they did out of those two oh, albums. Love as much it. as I like "On the Wings of a Nightingale." And I love "Abandoned Love," the, the 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 Dylan song that George also covered that still remains unreleased. Right. Yeah, right. They, they were. It was good. So, all right, who's next, Tony? Tony. We're yeah. at Macca, huh? Um, 
Mekalekaha. Mekalekaha. I've got I've got six, but I'll You're doing pick. one right now. <laughs> oh I Um I'm you know, this is the obvious one for me because every anybody that watches watches anybody that watches or listens to the show, we can say watches now. Um knows how much I love Nobody the watches. the McGear album. Uh, and of all the tracks on the McGear record, there are a couple that are my favorites. Um, one of them, there's now a super extended version on the deluxe uh, edition of McGear. But Leave It has always just been one of my favorite, you know, the two brothers, uh, you know, and, and Linda and Denny. But it's just one of my favorites. So from the McGear album, my selection would be Leave It for selection number one. And, and that's a very strong record. It's a Lost Wings album, if you want to think of it that way. Totally. And uh, one day, Anthony, you're going to find your, your Mike McCartney interview you did, which I think is one of the best interviews I've ever heard. You Thank and you. Uh, your, your former co-host on um, just did a fantastic interview. And he was listening to you guys because he knew that you guys had, had done your homework and you just didn't want to talk about Paul. Yeah, he was really, he was a pleasure, man. We had so yeah. much fun with him that day because talking about the scaffold and everything. But Yeah, uh, yeah. you guys were on top of things there. Uh, my first choice for Paul is going to be Cut Me Some Slack. Oh, oh interesting. You took one of mine. Okay, well, we ha I have 12 to pick from, so I'm sure you have that too. So, <laughs> I have six. Uh, this is a song that... I have five. Um, I listened. There was a there was a documentary about uh, one of the, the great studios in California in Los Angeles, and um, Dave Grohl was part of it. And he invited Paul McCartney to come down just to sort of record in the studio. And Dave Grohl said, "Well, we'll just do Long Tall Sally." And Paul says, "Why don't we do Long Tall Sally? Let's write a new song." Because I can't. Do it, <laughs> well, that that was I, maybe at that time he still could. Uh, it was a while ago, but he came in with that cigar box uh, guitar of his, and it's one of the loudest, noisiest songs of Paul's ever. And it helps the fact that you know the other members of Nirvana, except for you know Kurt Cobain, who's obviously dead, uh, were backing him. <laughs> and it's just a loud song, and it was even used in a commercial for Macy's. They were selling perfume to it, but you yeah. know what? No one knew it. No. It was, it was like, wow, because the, the guitars were so loud. It was like, damn, this is a good song. So I would go with that as my first Paul pick because it, it's – I like the way it ended up. I like the way how it how it started. You know, Paul said, hey, let's try something else. And, you know, they, he could just said, oh, let's, you know, do a Beatles song or something. And he said, no, let's write something new. So I was very happy. And it's, and it's not anywhere. He released it. I don't know. It was on that soundtrack, I think. But um, – Yep. It hasn't been released in any collections. It wasn't on Pure McCarty, which is where I would have put it. Um, but that's... Um, it would have been a bit of a standout, that. though, if you think about it. I mean, it would have been great on Pure McCarty, but it would, yeah. have been, it would have had to have been a closing track. Otherwise, it would have just been like... <clears throat> it would have been like the Maxell guy in the commercial. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the hair yeah, blowing right back. Right after Monkberry Moon Delight. Right after Monkberry Moon Delight. There you go. What the hell? That's, that's so do you want to do uh, more more Paul and then just finish up with Paul and then well, go well, each one? Well, actually, we're, we're doing five, so... We don't have to have one of each. We can just, you know, pick whoever you want now. You know, we can start with Paul, but, you know, it you know, doesn't matter. We, we don't have to follow the circle. We just have to make sure we have five. Right. Well, I'm going to. Well, we might have six. Well, 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 wait, five of each. Right, right, right. Three stuff. All right, yeah. All right, so I'm going to stick with Paul because there's one that he did in 2008 uh, with a, an Indian artist named Nitin oh. Sunny, and it's called My Soul. And it's an amazing, it's not on Spotify, but it's on YouTube. And if you look it up, just look up McCartney, my soul, because no one knows it's the other guy. And then there's a guy um, they do. He does chanting or has a woman do chanting while Paul sings this incredible love song. Beautiful song. And his voice. Yeah, his voice wavers, but it's very um, it's very emotional. So, very you, don't care that he's, you know, it, it's very sincere. So you don't really care that his voice is wavering as a ballad. It's it's really well done and it's really a beautiful song. 
Uh, at the end, he does a, a typical McCartney where they do a fast bit after this slow ballad. So that would be my second McCartney. It's, it's just amazing. It's My Soul by Neaton, N-I-T-I-N, if you're looking it up, Sawney, S-A-W-H-N-E-Y. It, it's worth listening to. It's really beautiful. I have to take that out. I have to say I've never heard that song. Oh, man. Oh, no, beautiful. I tried to beautiful. pick. I tried to pick selections that maybe people haven't heard. It's, it's, it's funny. I was going to pick that one, but I knew that was going to be one of your picks because I knew you really I loved that. Thought track. it might be one of yours too, Tom. Yeah. So no, I. But um, in in kind of like a between all of that, um, I said a um, it, 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 there's one Maca song in recent years. There's actually, a, and I I only found this recently, but there's two versions of. On the most recent Fireman album, there was a song called Nothing Too Much, Just Out of Sight. Right. And then Paul guests with the vocal from that song uh, and a track by the Bloody Beat Roots. And Paul's in the video, which is kind of cool. Paul's this kind of ghostly image oh, of have... looking at him through the, through the video and doing the vocals from you know the same lyrics only th this version is called out of sight and it's it's really a, a fascinating piece of music it's not something that i normally gravitate to but for whatever reason i just i've just loved the last fireman record i yes, really I did i genuinely loved it if it had not been paul i still would have loved it you know um and then hearing the bloody beaver's version of out of sight uh, it's got a really great guitar part. The guy who is the Bloody Beatroots is a guitar player, a multi-instrumentalist, it seems. But it just has a great music track, and then Paul's vocal in there, you know, kind of coming in and out at different points of song. Really cool stuff. So Was was the vocal from the original track, or did he recut it? I think it's recut, oh, because okay, it's, it's more subdued than nothing. Okay. Unless... Could it have been a backing track or a backing vocal in the original? Absolutely. So, you know, in other words, did he, right, did he necessarily right. completely re-record? I don't know. But it's a, it's not the same upfront track as in the nothing too much on on. Uh, wow, well, you know, just on a sidebar on on the fireman, the third one, uh, the song "Sing the Changes." I remember when he did it live because it just came out. The the, the place that we I was at a uh, city fields. And the place didn't run out to, you know, do a bathroom break. No, it that that was such a catchy song. It's so catchy. Dance to Wahai is also a great song. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that was the other song. But seeing the changes just prompted everybody oh, to be yeah. doing this. It was just as soon as he hit into that. We'll do that again. It's this. <laughs> <laughs> Which you know, the, the people who are only listening are just going, what? Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Tony's dancing like an idiot. <laughs> But he's, it's, it's a happy dance. <laughs> All right, Rob, so, you're, uh, oh, you did, you did yours. No, no, I didn't. I, I, no. I'm, 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 I'm last in the three here. Yeah, I I'm know. The, I'm the moderator That's today. What, the my, my, my first, uh, second choice is a song that George Harrison did with Carl Perkins. It's called oh, Distance Makes No Difference with Love. It was part of an album called Go Cat Co., which came out in 1996. Um, it might be one of the last things George Harrison recorded. Uh, we know that the last song he did most likely was Horse to the Water with Jules Holland. But this was done in 1996. Uh, George is all over the track. He does backing track, uh, backing vocals, some great guitar playing. I, bl I believe he's playing the bass. Um, hmm. is, uh, George is, also, by the way, George did a couple of tracks on the Zoom album, I thought, with Jeff Lynne. Yes, I he did. He did. He's on that, he's too. Um, so when I first heard that song, I was so touched by it. I was like, wow. And, and it's, and Carl wrote it and it's just, it's just such a beautiful love song. And I have a, a, a story about the album and I just want to pass along cause I've never really passed it. Uh, my friend, Kenny <laughs> Sorry, Moore, <laughs> no, 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 not that you, not, 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 that's not like a stone or something. My, my friend, uh, musicians, his name is Kenny Moore. And he one day wrote. Bob Johnston, the famous producer, and said, "Hey, I'd like you to produce me, because you know he was trying to be, you know, you know, move up to the scale, so to speak, in the music world." And so Bob invited him out. And when my friend Ken told me, I said, "Well, ask him about 
the Carl Perkins album, tell him I loved it. It was one of the best things I heard in a long time. And and Bob wrote back a note. He sent me a copy of the record. Thank you for understanding what this is all about. And it was signed by Bob Johnston. And the album also has uh, John Fogarty on it, Paul Simon, uh, Paul McCartney is my old friend is on there, Ringo, and they made a duet out of a Ringo live track with Carl. And then, of course, there's just a live version of Plastic Ono Bands doing um, Blue Suede Shoes because John did it the way Carl did it, which was slow. Um, so that album to me is out of, unfortunately, it's out of print, but that album to me is just such a fantastic album. It was Carl's last album before he died. And he, he went out on a high end on, on that album. It, it's just a great, great album. And a great yeah, song, the, too. Cool. Well, I'm so, going to stick with uh, Paul. I'm going to keep going with all my Paul. Um, 2009. And I love the fact that these are so late because you would think that, you know, at their peak, they would be doing these things. But I love the fact that later on in life, they're still doing it. Uh, 2009, Boots and Sand. And that is uh, Yusuf Salam, you know, Cat Stevens. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, he, he wrote a song about being denied access to the U.S. in 2004. Uh, Boots and Sand is a really cool video <laughs> for it, too. And Paul McCartney and Dolly Parton are on it. Um, you can definitely hear Dolly. Uh, and Paul sings harmony with uh, Cat Stevens, with Yusef. What and, album is that on, Mitch? Because I have all the Yusef records and I never noticed. Um, I, you know what? I, I don't remember the album, quite honestly. <coughs> Probably on Road Singer, it's maybe. It's a 2009 or... album. It, it's a really good song and it's and Paul's singing really well background vocal on it. He didn't write it or anything, but he's doing some really great singing on it. So, Boots and Sand, Yusef Salam, Cat Stevens, if you're looking it up. It's Yusef really Islam. Yusuf Islam, I keep saying Salam. All right. Sorry, Islam, you're right. No, no. Cat uh, no. Stevens. So, because he doesn't mind going by that again, so right. it doesn't matter, either one. So, Boots and Sand is my third McCartney. Anthony? Uh, huh. You can go with any Beatle, any Beatle at all. Any Beatle at all, any Beatle at all. Well, you, you, we did cut me some slack, so I got to take that off, off of my list. Um... You know, there's two. One of them is real surreal, and I, I listened to it again today, and I went, whoa, because he says a couple of things that may not be very PC, but it's interesting. Um, there's a really, really strange vocal, Paul vocal, on a track by a fellow named Matt Berry um, called The Rain Came Down. Okay. Uh, on wow, album, I don't even know this one. On, an, al on an album called Witch Hazel. And Paul's on it at the end, but his voice is slowed down. He kind of sounds like he sounds in talk more talk. No, oh, yeah. You know that when I want, you know, I don't know. God. But um, yeah, but but it's and it's really really strange, and it's a it's a really odd. I don't know how to explain this track. It's Celtic techno. I don't know what the hell it is, but it's it's intriguing. And in the middle of it, out comes Paul doing this kind of like sung spoken word thing that takes it I think takes it almost to the fade out but weird and and interesting you know but anyway there's that you know it's interesting so far it's, it's mostly Paul because he didn't do a lot of guesting until really later on in his career because I guess because of wings or something he didn't sure. really appear as much as maybe like George, you know, George seems to be on the most guesting or guesting the most out of uh, all the Beatles. Yeah. Which one are you going to pick? Or Ringo. Yeah. But anyway. Or Ringo, yeah. Anyway, my choice um, goes back to 1968. Oh, uh, yeah. It is George Harrison writing and producing oh. Jackie Lomax. Oh. On a song that should have been on the White Album, no. uh, Sour Milk Sea. No, it was part of those those demos. It, it was. Well, I know we mean, okay, it should have been up. But yeah. I'm saying I just love it as the Jackie Lomax single. Well, you know. I, it didn't you do know, Jackie sings it well. No, yeah. It's, it's a it's a fun song. I mean, it's about basically if you're in a bad situation, it's like get out of it. You know, it's it's very direct in that sense. And the people on it is, is pretty amazing. It's There are more Beatles on 
this track than many of the tracks on the White, White Album. <laughs> uh, you have Paul McCartney, you have George, and you have Ringo Starr, and then Eric Clapton decided to hang around. Oh, random. On it. And exactly. Nicky Hopkins, the great Sessions player, uh, is also on it. So we're talking about a song that maybe should have charted and didn't. Wouldn't it have been awesome if the same way George brought in Eric to guest on, on While My Guitar, if George had just turned around and just, you know, for whatever reason, just said, well, you know what? Screw all of you. This is going on the record with Jackie singing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the other right three people... just gave everybody who hates your impersonations. <laughs> Turn this off. Well, there you go. The, well, the, that's the, you know, Tony. That's a, that's a, that's something interesting because um, someone did take the Isher demo vocal from George, and they phased out Jackie Lomax's vocal, yeah. and they put they put. George's vocal over it, it sounds pretty damn good. Wow. Good, but not great. Well, you know, I mean, it's two different recordings. So yeah, I know. You wish that maybe Giles was allowed to, to have done that, but, you know, probably not. Uh, but also, <laughs> if you're cool. looking, yeah, if you're looking for the version to really, really, like, say, holy crap, um, the Mono 45, the mix is incredibly better than the stereo version, which is on the Come and Get It, and of course Jackie's own solo uh, album. Uh, it's sort of like comparing like Revolution Mono to Revolution Stereo, Sour Milk Sea Mono to Sour Milk Sea Stereo. Uh, the monos, both monos are just incredible and a much tighter mix. Mm. But the fact that there are three Beatles on that track has always been to me like, you know, how many, how, how many Beatles tracks on the White Album you know, let's say, okay, Paul's on, like, how many that he's solo, basically. And then John does Julia, and Ringo does Goodnight, and they brought in Clapton. And How many Beatles does it take to make it an official <laughs> Beatles song? That, you see, that's Evidently good, just one. Yeah, but that's a good point, though. You know, if you know, if it was a year later or two years later, those songs might be solo records. So, right. Um, right. so that would be my, my third choice, uh, Sour Milk Sea. Um, I wish it had charted better, but it, it didn't. But it's still a fantastic song. Cool. All right, I'm going to stick with Paul. Like I said, I'm going to go through all five of my Paul ones. Uh, the fourth Paul, 2006, a song originally done by George Michael in 1991, uh, Heal the Pain. Oh, Great man. song by itself. And yep. then he said he was always, he always thought of Paul McCartney when he wrote this song. And 15 years later, he re-recorded it with Paul and... It's a really good song. Oh my god, it is. What is what is that on? Why am I? It's not. It's on George Michael Twenty Five, the album that came out, uh, uh, sort of like a greatest hits or a Twenty Five. You know, it's not on anything except for that. So uh, they didn't know what to do with it. It actually came out as a single for that right. album, and then it came out as a single in the UK as well. It came out as a single in the U in the UK, and then came out a couple of years later, I think, in the US as a promo single. But uh, heal the pain. It's so funny because I think I remember hearing it, but I'm, I'm it's you know it's one of those. Believe me, you know, it's it's worth hearing. It. It's even though you know people may say, "Oh, George Michael." George Michael had a great voice. Jeez, and, come on. Well, yeah, and and Paul McCartney at that time, 2005, still had his voice. So, you know, he really did a great job on this song. If you listen to it, it's it's actually more Paul than it is George Martin, uh, George Martin, George Michael, but it is really good. So Heal the Pain is my fourth choice. For but, but but you know what really where it kicks in is on the chorus when they're singing together. Oh yeah, oh and yeah. And it just, it, the, the merging of the two voices and the melody on it, it's just so, it's like, wow, man, this is such a great song. How did how did I not know about this song until How did the world not years know ago? about it? Well, yeah, that's well, what's yeah. funny too because I like George Michael. You know, I mean, I, I have the Faith album. I have, you know, uh, right. Listen Without Prejudice. I have a couple of the records that I thought were really tremendous, and well, I, I don't remember that. Yeah, it's but, a good, yep. it's a good track. The, the, but you have to look up the, the McCartney version because he did a, a version by himself. So, yeah. okay. Tony. Tony, Anthony? Uh, pour moi, I will, um, I'll stick with Paul too, even though it's going to mean we're going to be lumping stuff together and Rob's going to be wonderfully drifting around, which is good. 
Um, Thank you. And go with another one that's kind of obvious in a way. And we've talked about a lot on the show. But I, I just love Paul and Linda and Six O'Clock. Um, oh, yeah. Just, you know, you go to the Ringo album, you go to Six O'Clock, Paul wrote it. Uh, all those little cute synthesizer, you know, burps and tweeps that are in there are great. Um, and and especially the extended version, you know, you go to the ending uh, and yep. you get, you know, them just rocking it out. And it's, I personally think it's a great song. I've always liked the song. Um, you know, it's just a brilliant track on that record. And uh, it's Paul's, Paul and Linda's contribution. Uh, contributions yeah, really good yeah or just I, I, I like i like the extended version a lot it's which is on good night vienna now um and you know the thing about that song uh, six o'clock beautiful night has the same kick end ending yep that six o'clock has and ringo is on beautiful night at least the version from flaming pie yeah um so it's 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 kind of interesting that they both are connected and they both have that type of ending where you just like you just start dancing on both of them at that ending because it just it's it's a great ending. You know, sometimes you don't have to end songs and Paul would might be guilty of that on occasion. Uh this Tony, both can you tell songs. them how you dance, Tony? What's that? Tell them how dance. you dance. Oh no, if I say dance differently to every song. See that's like you know, yeah, well, well Rob said it's something you could dance to and you already did yeah. did some dancing, so Sorry. Anyway, no, that was, little, that was a little thing you wanted there, but anyway, sorry. Mitch, you uh, dance next. <laughs> I'm, I'm um, honest. Okay, my next one. I'm going to go with someone that I was so shocked that George Harrison offered his guitar playing. Oh, uh, you're going to steal one of mine. You're steal one of mine too. Is Belinda yes. Carlisle? Oh, I hate you. Uh, and the song is called uh, "Leave the Light On," which actually uh, hit at the top twenty. Yeah. Of course, the Go Go's documentary just Number came 11. out. I, I, I hope uh, you all see it. Uh, but George Harrison was a fan of Belinda Carlisle's voice, which was so. And he did a second song too. Yes. But that one's that's I picked that one because it was actually a hit. Um, <laughs> and you know, you don't expect George to be like dancing to Belinda Carlisle, but he really liked her voice from what I, I read about it. You know, he also picked that song. What, oh yeah. It's not a bad song, and it's also, and you should stress though too, Rob. It's not that you're picking it because, oh, was a hit. It was Belinda Carlisle. His playing is great. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Well, is, let me tell you. In 1992, he did an interview, and they asked him, "What is your favorite slide solo that you've ever done?" And he said it was that one. He said for that really figure, he didn't. He forgot her name, and then he then he figured it out Belinda Carlisle. But he forgot her name. He said, "But the girl from the Go Go's uh, asked me to do it, and that's my favorite slide solo ever." It's a great now, again, solo. Before, it's before like "Free as a Bird" and "Real right, Love." Right, right, right. But but still, I mean, he, he could have picked anything from his own solo career, from Living in Material World, or and he picked that. So, you know, hey, it, it, I, that was going to be one of mine. So, uh, no big deal. Yeah. It's 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 a, such an unusual pairing. You you wouldn't think of, you know, George with uh, Belinda. Yeah, with but Belinda Carlisle. It worked, oh, you worked can think of George well. with Belinda, but just not in the well, studio. Different nice. way. Different way. Uh, we're going to take way. a break right now, and we'll be back with more of our Beatle guesting on other people's records right after this. And dancing. Hi, we're the Mona Lisa Twins, and you're listening to Fab Four Free For All. Enjoy the music and stay groovy. Hey everybody, it's Mitch from the Fab Four Free For All. How would you like to win a copy of the recently released Flaming Pie Archive reissue? This is the two CD version and it sounds great and it can be yours courtesy of the good folks at Universal and the Fab Four Free For All. All you need to do is send an email with the subject line, I want pie to fab4freeforall at aol.com. That's fab, the number four, free, the number four, all at aol.com. All entries must be submitted by September 4th at midnight, and we will be picking the winners September 5th. Please include your name and address in the body of the email. This way we can congratulate you, but we don't have to hunt you down a lot for your address. So we'll just send it right out and say, hey, you won. So please, again, by September 4th, Fab4FreeForAll at AOL.com for your chance to win a copy of 
Flaming Pie two CD version, the archive reissue. It sounds great, courtesy of Universal and the Fab Four Free For All. And as always, we appreciate you listening. Take care. Welcome back to the Fab Four Free For All as we talk about guest appearances by Beatles on other people's records. Mitch, what do you got for uh, your fifth choice? Well, you know what? I'm going to give you my fifth choice. I'm going to give you one for John, because uh, in the interest of time. Um, as far as Paul, and that'll finish me off for Paul, he did a song, he wrote a song specifically for Johnny Cash in 1988 called New Moon Over Jamaica. And he actually sings on it. Um, and it's really good. It's not bad at all. Uh, so It's Johnny that, Cash. It's Johnny Cash, yeah. So, sorry, should we all just do this? <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, and that's my false impression. For, for those watching it on, for those of you who are listening on audio, uh, Mitchell Axelrod, just uh, flip the bird uh, in <laughs> honor of uh, Johnny Cash uh, doing it to the that's camera. Right, that I was in the famous point. picture of famous him. I was in Folsom. Jim Marshall. What's that? <laughs> yeah, that's from back when you were in Folsom. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, wearing the chastity belt backwards. Um, nice. Anyway, so as far as I'm going to give you another, um, another, uh, another one now, John. For me, this song, not this song, is the, mo is the most amazing guitar work John ever did, and it's Walking on Thin Ice. Um, and one of my you know, obviously 1981. Y'all go know, and she is an artist, and he contributed. Uh, he. Funny enough, I didn't know this until I did some research. All the guitars done for Walking on Thin Ice, all the guitar parts were on the 1960-whatever Rickenbacker from the Rickenbacker 325 from the Beatle days. Wow. First time he used it in the studio since 1965. Wow. They, yeah, he used... You, know, you would think that he had all those cool-looking guitars that they made from that really spaced-out-looking one. And, but he, get, right, and he gets right. that ripping sound on that. Oh, my God. Yeah, so he, I mean, if it's true, but but uh, great, great guitar parts, amazing guitar parts, recorded four days before he was killed. So um, unbelievable. So that's wow. another one. Tony? Okay. Well, you took one of mine's. Um, it's all right. I'm going to jump around and just do, like, some of, you know, here's... <laughs> Here's something that's a favorite, not because it's particularly good, but because you just go, what? Um, and that's Ringo on Kinky Friedman's album, Lasso from El Paso. <laughs> and just, and Ringo plays the part of Jesus <laughs> in the song Men's Room in L.A., and Sounds like a George Michael song. Kinky is, the song is about sitting on the toilet and you're out of toilet paper and there's this, I think it implies there's this picture of Jesus on the floor and do you use it or I don't know where he's going to do with this song. But either way, at the end, Ringo comes in as Jesus and does a line saying, you know, you may think I'm Jesus from Liverpool. <laughs> You know, but it's just completely surreal. And, and, you know, Clapton's on that album, and there's so many people on that record on Lasso from El Paso. Um, and I remember I was reading a lot of Kinky's books, and I saw I may as well go get the records because Kinky, you know, became more of an author than a music performer later. And I picked that up, and I was laughing like crazy when Ringo shows up as Jesus. Blah, blah, blah. Anyway. Why not? Why not? Why not? Yeah. You got a second one, Tony, since uh, Mitch did Yeah. Um, staying with Ringo, you know, from literally from the ridiculous to the sublime. Um, I always thought that Ringo's work on um, the song To a Flame on the first Stephen Stills record. Oh, yeah. Is absolutely beautiful. He's working with the Toms. Um, and, and it's almost like like a Sun King type thing, some of the feel to it, you know? Yeah. Um, but To A Flame's a beautiful song. I mean, that album is fantastic, that first Stephen Stills record. Well, Stills then did Ringo with You've Got a Nice Way. Yeah. Beautiful yeah. song, too. But this was this is earlier. This is going back, yeah, you know, this yeah, like yeah, know. around 71, maybe 71. Yeah. But so To A Flame, that, that drum part is just... It, very it's it's not a full kit it's it's ringo playing you know a mood so and and also uh 
a couple of, I don't know which songs, because I don't have it off the top of my head, but when you brought up Stephen Stills, uh, Ringo didn't use his name. He used English right. Richie and right. Richie Snare. Right, English so, Richie, right. And, and right. there's a song, and I forgot the name, but it was on Stills' 75 album, and it has Crosby and Nash on it, and Ringo's the drummer. And it's it's this is like a lost Crosby, Stills, and Nash song because it's on a solo Stephen Stills album. Yeah, I can't remember the name, but but Ringo's on that. Yeah. Um, my choices are well, I'm gonna go with the, the one that you, you know you everyone knows. This one's a very popular one. Um, Cream for their farewell album, recorded in a, a song called Bri- uh, Badge actually. Yep. And George plays on it, and he co-wrote it with Clapton. And they called it Badge because that's what George thought Clapton had written down, but it was actually Bridge. But it became Badge. And George plays on it very much. Uh, his guitar style is very much what was on Abbey Road. Leangelo Furioso. That's right, right. And he had to you know, keep his name um, off it, I guess, legally. Back then, I guess that was part of the deal. But nowadays, they wouldn't care. Nowadays, actually, it's it's just the opposite. You know, if you uh, like, for example, Alicia Keys did uh, does songs, and she has rappers in the middle, and those people get you know Billboard credit for being on a hit song, even though they're only on you know for sixteen bars or something. Right. Uh, but back then, they they sometimes they couldn't use their real name, and and many people don't know. But the line about the swans they swim in the park, uh, that 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 was Ringo. A Ringo line that he came up with while he was incredibly stoned. <laughs> really? So, yeah. Uh, I can just see it. You know, told you not to wander around in the dark. Told you not to wander around in the dark. What can I do with that? Told you not to wander. <laughs> told you about the swans and they live in the park. Uh, <laughs> and, then Ringo, and then Ringo falls down. Right. <laughs> <laughs> to be. Thanks, Bongo. <laughs> Uh, my other song I'm picking, um, I'm going also with Yoko Ono. Um, you know, her first album that she did with John, Plastic Ono Band. John's guitar playing, he never played really like that again. Maybe except for Walking on Thin Ice. But yeah, it, probably. he was so free of not being John Lennon on that record that his his guitar playing is just off the wall. And... I, you couldn't see anyone else getting that guitar sound out of him except for the fact that he was playing with Yoko. And, you know, Ringo's also on the track, and so is Klaus Vorman. And it, it, one thing I wish they had done, I wish they had released it together, you know, alternating tracks like they did Double Fantasy, because the, the songs are so... John's playing is really free, uh, free of, of style, and I mean that in a good way. He's just playing. He just doesn't. He's not worried about what other people are saying. And he was the only guitar player on the track. So hmm. I'm gonna I'm I, gonna go with Y uh, from that's the one. from Yoko. Yep. He's no longer the that's Walrus. The he's just John. That's right. No, you're right. Right. So that's all. You, uh, you, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Bongo for a little bit here and do a couple. One, I'm gonna really go quickly because we've already talked about. Ringo's drumming on the whole Plastic Ono Band album. Just the yep. whole. I, I honestly think no one else could have done it like that. And I know it sounds silly because he didn't do anything special. But on God, he does special stuff. You know, the Toms, every one fill is different. Um, even on stuff like, you know, I found out uh, he does different time signatures with the drums, whether on purpose or not. It doesn't matter. It's really good. Uh, and, and it's just the whole album is just so sparse, and, and and it's pure Ringo. You can tell it's Ringo the minute he plays. So it's, it's and it's cool that you cited those two songs because for me the two songs that I would pull from that, and I'll you know if you want to I'll skip my turn, but the two songs I would have pulled from that myself is remember because he's trying to catch up with that runaway train. Yeah, true. Right. You know, yeah. and and he stays with them. I mean, they're and they're they're actually almost locked in that. And you just you that song constantly feels like it's going to derail. You know, I've heard like the old twenty takes of that song, and some they're like locked in, but it it doesn't have the frenetic energy of the released version. Mm-hmm. And then there's the released one, and it's just and well, well, well. 
I love yep. I love his work with the the hi hat on that, and where he puts the emphasis on which syllable. Syllable, yeah. He's just he's just so on, and that's a huge favorite of mine. Yeah, they're, they're great. The other well, thing well, is, well, no, sorry, I just wanted to say about Ringo on that album is, you know, there's there's only three players on it, so he sort of has to do things that maybe he didn't do normally as Ringo, you know, to fill in some of the holes because it's a as much as it's this basic playing, there's playing that you didn't normally hear. Right? Klaus Vormann's bass is yeah. it's all over the place, and, and John's guitar and, and you know his piano playing on depending on the song yeah. is really intense. It's it was, and then you listen to the outtakes and they, you know they're, they're very relaxed, and, and then they started to play it and they got really into really it. involved with it. Yeah. So. Yeah. The other one I'm going to say is, uh, Tony, speaking about Bongo and Ridiculous, I didn't know this, but he plays drums with Jim Keltner on the Manhattan Transfer. Yeah. Bindi Lou, really? 1976. I did not know that. Yeah. Bindi Lou, 1976. It, the, the album did not get good reviews. Manhattan Transfer were great, but um, this particular album didn't do well, not because Bongo's on it, but Zindi uh, Lou. Kind of an interesting track. It's you know it's typical Manhattan transfer. Uh, it was a it's a um, a, a cover obviously, but uh, done very well. So uh, the Plastic Ono Band and uh, Zindi Lou. <laughs> That's fun. That's right. That's an interesting combination there. Oh yeah. <laughs> Anthony, uh, what was the second one you wanted to? Well, for me, for me, I mean, I'm going to um, you know, I'm going to before I jump to any specific stuff, I'll springboard off of what you were talking about a little bit before, Rob, and I'm going to go. And I know that Wayne Gabriel is is playing on the record, but when you listen to the leads, and I'm going to go to approximately Infinite Universe, mm. and I, you know, to me, what's that? Yeah. I think that's her best record. I think that's her best album, in, in my opinion. I I think I thought Season of Glass was a brilliant record, but I can't listen to it. It's for a really a hard reason. listen for different reasons. Approximately Infinite to me is just such a fantastic record, and particularly Move On Fast and Young Young. The guitar playing on Young Young is just striking. And again, you know, John is definitely on guitar throughout that entire album, and even if he's just playing rhythm, it, the, the the playing of the guitars on that on those tracks. But I think it's John doing the leads, and they just smoke. I mean, maybe we should double check with Gary Von Sayak if it was Wayne or John doing the leads. But I'm going to go with that it was John and move on fast in particular. It's just a, such a wow. But Well, when we interviewed Gary, I remember you mentioned how much uh, you loved Approximate Independent Universe to him. And he, was, he seemed a little, not shocked, but he was... He was happy that you enjoyed it. I yeah. remember that. Yeah. Wow. What a record. Um, I'm going to go with um, a record that is, by any other name, a George Harrison record. In 74, he was trying to get his tour together. He was trying to get Dark Horse, the record, together. He was leaving Patty, and he was also producing and playing on every track of a band called Splinter. Oh, good album. And... The song is called, if I say it right, Costafine Town. Bill Elliott and Bill Pur Bobby Purvis. Um, George plays bass, harmonium, and percussion on it. Uh, and he also is vocals on uh, so many of the tracks. This is like a lost George Harrison album. The way oh, definitely. McGear is a lost Paul McCarty album because you know they both played on everything. And also, this is the only Dark Horse release that was released on um, on A and M Records before that uh, lawsuit happened, and maybe that's why we haven't seen any of the Splinter albums re-released. Oh, maybe. Um, but there, uh, that is to me that album is so it's it's such a great album to listen to. Splinter was one of those bands that you know they had all this help from George Harrison and it didn't help them out, but they still made uh, some really good music, and. Um, the other one I'm going to pick just as our two for thing now. Um, <laughs> when Paul and Elvis Costello got together, yeah. uh, they had Elvis Costello had a hit with Veronica, which, which is Paul a, played on. 
Bowl played on. He plays bass on that. I went to number 19 on the Billboard charts. Uh, you know, there was no demos when Paul put together the uh, Flowers in the Dirt uh, album, unfortunately, uh, for whatever reason. But well, I mean, Veronica, it, Elvis's demo exists. Oh, okay, but it, I guess Paul wasn't on the demo. No, uh, and El Elvis released it independently. Oh, okay. okay. So it's available, I, I yeah. You can get okay. that. What other one is Elvis but, put out? But I love Paul's bass playing on that. It's 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 an older-style playing for Paul, actually, I think. Um, and I, I, was, I was very impressed with uh, his bass playing on that, uh, just because it just... It, 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 it was, if they had slowed that song down, I think it would have affected a lot of things about it. It's it's a very upbeat song about a very sad topic. Most of the songs are. I mean, yeah. yeah. But yeah. you know what? It's funny because when it first came out, I didn't really listen to the lyrics. I just right. heard the poppiness of it, and I saw the video, and the video is actually kind of depressing. But yeah. when you, Anyways, yeah. you know, when you when you hear it on the radio, you're like, oh, you're bopping. Wait, my turn. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> You're bopping, so you know it's it's a great song, and and yeah, yeah. Bass is great. He also did what this town, right? Yeah, yeah, that was like another on one. That. Yeah, we that do. Was, we uh, I'm surprised Veronica didn't like make top ten. That was Elvis's poppiest yeah. song to date. Well, I think yeah, I think yeah. partly because I think people did catch on to lyrics after a while. To be honest, oh maybe that might have because we do a show called Contrast where we do like songs with happy music and and sad or controversial or crazy lyrics and every time we do that song people go wait this song and then they listen they go oh my god like it but yeah. i think it was getting around on the radio that you know this is not as happy a song as you think it is now yeah, i don't it. know if that would have affected sales yeah i mean you know it's hard to say back no. then it was also but, 1989 if it was like two years earlier when elvis was at a different point in his career might have you know Joy, like like every day, every day I write the book was a hit. Yeah, another happy yeah, tune. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Just dancing around on that one. So anyway. that's just that's. A, do we have any more? We have one one more round. Do you want to call it? Well, we know we can keep going. I mean, I I okay. have a few. If you I have a bunch. Got okay, I, I do too. I do too. Okay, uh, uh, Mitchell, you, you're next. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to do bongo. Uh, two for bongo. Very recent, 2019 and 20. Uh, Jenny Lewis. Um, oh, Ed's gonna stuff. fall, uh, almost like a Taylor Swift kiss off song. Um, Ringo's playing drums and and really well. Uh, really good album, by the way, Jenny Lewis, and also uh, Graham Goldman of Ten uh, CC. His his latest song from you know this year, earlier this year, um, standing next to me. He actually wrote it about Ringo because he said when he was on tour with Ringo, when Ringo was not on the drums, Ringo would be at the mic and standing right next to Graham Goldman. So he wrote this song called Standing Next to Me because he couldn't believe he'd look over and there's Ringo Starr from the Beatles. So, and, and the song is... Not stopping to think that he's Graham Goldman, but anyway. Yeah, but, but the song is really, really good. It is, yeah. It's, yeah. Imagine you know you're playing with Ringo, and you're right. What you just said, Tony. The the guy has his own, you know, following. He's a great drummer, but meanwhile he's looking over at Ringo, like, oh my god, I'm on stage with Ringo. Oh my god. You mean Grand well, Grand Goldman's not a drummer? I'm sorry. What? No, who? Hold on. What did I say? Drummer? Yeah. yeah you said yeah. drummer. Oh, what am I thinking then? What, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, he's a good guitarist. <laughs> He is. Okay. He's a Who tremendous songwriter. The video, the video okay. is really I, good. I apologize. That's all right. But the video is really good. You should look it up. Okay, I will. So those two uh, for Ringo. That finishes off Ringo for me. That's it for Ringo. That's it for Bongo. Okay. That's Anthony. Um. Blah, blah, blah. Well, I got. I got a couple. I'm gonna. I'm gonna jump over to um to George for a bit and and pull out a couple. Um, and this is just. George playing, and this song has a very unusual mix. Uh, it's mixed very strangely. The, the entire music track is almost subdued in this song, and the vocals are way up front. I'd love to see this record get a remix. But um, George's solo on The Last Time by Hall & Oates from Along the Red Ledge I had no idea. is a great, great solo. It's just a tremendous George contribution on this record, mm -hmm. and 
but but it's it, it, the mix is really odd. Like you 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 hear it, but just hollow notes are kind of up here, and everything else is here. Makes for an interesting sonic effect, but it means you're burning like a really great Harrison piece. Hmm. Um, the other one is, um, and this is really nice too because it's it's got George's voice, you know, as as harmony vocal, which is really nice. But um, on the album Hunting of the Snark that came out, and I used to I used to play this a lot on my show. Um, but Mike Bat did a version of Hunting of the Snark, um, the British you know story, and uh, George is uh, featured on the track Children of the Sky. And he does a, a really, really, really nice backing vocal, and again, a great solo. So it's just, you know, tremendous George on that. Wow. So. Yeah. The Hall of Notes is a, you forget about that song for some reason. I don't know why. I, because it's the late 70s and he, he wasn't guessing as many things because. That's what was happening with them. Well, yeah, yeah, and, and yeah. you know, and it's and it's interesting because, you know, I, no disrespect to Hall and Oates, I'm a fan, but, but, but there's a there's a there's a disconnect there. Yeah, you know, I, a, I a lot of the a lot of the artists that you know, you see George guesting on, you know, even something like Mike Bat, you know, British guy, you know, uh, the Belinda Carlisle's odd, you know, that's really strange, and, and Hall and Oates are strange because they're just so disparate from the usual it's 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 not family they're not part right. of the family. also you're not going to hear you know you're not going to hear george harrison going around singing she's a man eater <laughs> <laughs> oh here she comes uh, <laughs> oh my goodness although you know one of those oh no that's family man never mind bro. yeah that's a whole other song i was on um, my no i was on mike oldfield but never mind that's family man anyway i'm gonna go with um a song by jeff lynn from armchair theater uh, George is on four of the tracks on that album. Um, it's very much, um, I don't want to say continuation of the, the Wilburys, but it, mm. if you like combine that record with, you know, Cloud Nine and Roy Orbison thing that they did, even though George is only on one track on that, but Petty is on there. And, and there's, there's something to be said about September Song from Jeff Lynn from Armchair Theater. It's it's one of George's, you know. He he's always been good at covers, hmm. and September Song is a great cover, and he, his playing is really stand. It's, it's it just stands out tremendously uh, on the you know some of the tracks he just sort of just was strumming, um, but on September Song was, he was was really a good good guitar solo in it. Oh, and, Stormy Weather too. Yeah, Stormy yeah. Weather too. Yeah, I mean, great slide on that. Definitely. Yeah. You know, so it, we didn't really talk about John that much, but if you don't mind, we're not going to go around again. But maybe if we want to just maybe if we want to oh, do one more, yeah, one more. fill in the rest one of our yeah. One more. Well, first of all, I want to say I'm cheating, but George's slide work on Real Love, even though it's Beatles, but it's sort of not Beatles. Uh, George's slide work throughout that is great. But um, anyway, for me, John, you know, you always hear Nielsen and everything, but. Um, he produced Too Many Cooks for Mick Jagger, 1973. It didn't come out until 2007. Right. It's such a different song for Mick Jagger. He's not he, playing on he, it, though, right? Different, no, no, no he's, John he produced, produced it. it, though. Okay. But it's, 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 very out, it's very dated production. It sounds like 1972 production. God, yeah. Yeah. But it's a really different song for, for Mick. I mean, Mick singing it. You, you wouldn't even know it was Mick singing it. Because he's singing it in a different kind of voice, like a weird. Well, he's but, not trying to be a Rolling Stone, I guess. Right? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe he should be the Walrus. Um, but that's kind of cool. And then you know we left out Fame, which is an obvious one for David Bowie. But I mean, what a great song! And it was co-written by John, and he sings on it. Yeah, Carlos Alomar, John, and uh, Bowie. Yep. Uh, Bowie has said that the writing for John was wasn't as in depth as maybe. Uh, other people might think about it, but the fact that John was there and he came up with, uh, you know, you know that that boom boom boom, you know that thing. Yeah. But also, if you if you look at Fame, um, you know, who has an influence on that track is Yoko Ono with the these the vocals of Fame Fame. You know that whole. I don't know thing. about that. Uh, that that's very very much Yoko in my book. Uh, whether that was John telling 
uh, David Bowie to, you know, hey, why don't you try that? I, I've never... Well, it's also messing with Varus speed, too, though. Yeah, the Varus speed, yeah. You know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, are, are we... Do you, could, I got a couple more I could throw out yeah, there. Yeah, two more. Mitch, we'll call uh, it do I have any more? I mean... Yeah, I mean, you know, I would say, um, you know, George's contribution to it don't come easy. I know right now Ken's head is exploding, but um, George's George's contribution to don't come easy. George George really kickstarted Ringo's solo career. Without that, I mean, Sentimental Journey was first, but it didn't do anything. And then here comes this song that was not on any LP, and. It's all George, really, if you hear the demo. Uh, oh, yeah. But, but with Ringo drumming. And, I mean, George is fantastic on it. And quite honestly, I don't know how far Ringo's career would have gone without this first song being such a big hit, in my and, opinion. And and George could have easily just said, hey, you know, half credit on it. Ringo would well, have Well, he could have done it himself. Well, there, you know, there is that version that George right, does. Right, but that was just, more, I think, more of a guide vocal for... Yeah, but oh, that's yeah. a pretty s- strong version. Not really. It's well, fun to hear. I don't think that would have done well if it came but out. It, of, but it I, that honestly, version, no. But it, you know, he would have maybe tightened it up a little bit. Oh yeah. And yeah. What if what if he had the Harry uh, Krishna part that got really lowered in the mix one Ringo's version? Because you yeah, can but, hear it with the headphones, but you know, right. it's at I think the one minute forty three second point or something like that, where you hear what was on the George version, but then what was mixed down. So. I just right. think well, yeah. his career may not have started. Uh, he, you know, who knows where he would have gone if he didn't have this big hit? Yeah, no, I agree, Anthony. Oh man, I got a couple. I mean, I, I feel like I'll just so toss them all out there. Um, you know, uh, John's piano playing on "Goodnight Vienna" always cracks me up. Yeah. Uh, he, he wrote the song, and it's the title track on the album, and John's. John's, you know, you can see that he's the guy that wrote the opening to Oh Bloody Oh Blah Da, you know, when you hear him ham-fistedly playing, you know, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's not bad. Right. It's not bad. It's wonderful. It's great. Right. Um, and then um, going back to George again, uh, George's slide work on Give Me Some Truth. Rips I would me say up. How Do You Sleep, but the same thing. Yeah, How Do You Sleep is yeah. good, but Give Me Some Truth is just, oh. Um... His solo on Billy Preston's wrote a simple song. I mean, a lot of his work on Billy's stuff is 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 just fantastic. But wrote a simple song always stands out for me. Um, and then Ringo again, going back to Ringo and two different things. I really love his work on Don't Let Me Wait Too Long. Mm-hmm. He's changing up. Each time, when jo- when George says, you know, I love you, don't let me wait too long. When he gets to don't let me wait too long, he plays something different on that line. Then the next time when it repeats, he plays on that line. And the, 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 the next line, yeah, then the next line, he's playing something different at the top of the, the phrase and not at the... So he's all over the place on that. And then I also Whether love... intentional or not, I don't know. What's that? Whether intentional or not, right? Even if it's not. And then um, I love, 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 love the playing for change video um, of Ringo with uh, Robbie Robertson doing the wait. Oh, the right. wait! I just absolutely I love Ringo's playing on that, and my it just opens with Ringo on the cell phone going, "Right, all right, Robbie. So what key is this in?" <laughs> Which is you know ridiculously funny. But and I also love the fact that Ringo is wearing a rock can roll shirt, which is which is a uh, an organization that started here on Long Island that helps to feed people, and that was really cool that he's wearing that in the video. But that's again, it's such a, it's it's Ringo. He's rock steady in that. Yep. And, and, and I think that was the way it was recorded. I mean, he was in one studio, and then everyone sort of joined in. We should say up. that that plane for change came out only like a year and a half ago. Yes. And it was very quietly released. Robbie Robertson is the main other guy besides Ringo, but there's a lot of other people, artists on there. Wonderful. Who newer, and, you know, maybe you don't know them, but their, their performances were great. My only qualm about that version is give Ringo one, one verse, you know, he didn't get to sing it. He didn't get to sing it on the all-star tour. You know, Levon yeah. Helms sang it and then some other, other people joined him in there. 
He probably so, didn't want one. It was probably well, like, I'm really gonna play the drums. I'm going to play the drums. <laughs> now, I'm going to end it, but uh, hold it. Now, who, who's, who's the biggest Elton John fan of the three of us? Okay, it's not me. It's oh. not Mitch. Oh. It is well, the, the guy real. with the mustache. Anthony. Go visit, the, go, go visit the Port Washington Public Library website to see my Collector's Corner episode about collecting Elton John. Sorry, <laughs> I got a plug in. Well, plug. I can't believe you did not bring up Elton John with John Lennon, Dr. Winston O'Boogie, as he was credited, yeah. uh, doing Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, which, went to, my list. The, which went to number one. Um, it was released uh, the week after or the week of uh, when John appeared on stage at the Garden with uh, Elton. Uh, John loved the version. He said that he loved the reggae version. John had a, like a solo vocal in the middle. He plays uh, rhythm guitars on it. And also, you, the thing I really like about the track is that Elton took a song and he, and he added things that weren't there. But they all, it all seems to naturally fit. Yes. And John loved yeah. it because who covers Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds? So yeah. that would be yeah. One of my choices. I can't believe you to pick that, Anthony. I mean, I'm, no, you I'm know, waiting, I, for, waiting for you to say it. I have I to be honest. Be first one. I have to be honest. It's it's you know I'm I'm such a hardcore Alton collector. Part of it maybe just went over my head, but it's also it, it's it's I don't know. It just seems so. I don't know. Yeah, I know. I don't know. I, well I know what you're saying. No, but you know okay. what I mean. It, it's it's a great track. I love it. it it's. You know, I like John's. You know, I like John's little reggae thing in there, and and I guess with that, yeah, scratch your voice thing. Yeah, but but I don't know. I I just I always think of that as yeah, it's an Elton track. John shows up. It's kind of but I never think of it as much of a real right match as it really is actually. Right, right. My own bad. Yeah. So and and Elton's actually covered a bunch of. You know, he covered well, Imagine, he covered One Day at a Time. The flip side was one of, yeah, the flip side was One Day at a Time. And then he also did a version of Give Peace a Chance. So he's he's, he's done a lot of Al, a lot of songs. It's great to hear Elton do, this is it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not that One Day at a Time. One song. Day at a Time. <laughs> That's what it sounded like. Tony's uh, not, well, Tony's actually dancing, and you missed it, Rob. Oh, darn it. I, you know, I, I see enough of it. I don't need to see it anymore, <laughs> yeah. do I? No, you do. Oh, your sister, the while, while <laughs> I, I have it on a loop. I'm going to make it a gif. And we'll nice. It's going to be a meme now. Yeah. now. Um, one more track I'm going to pick um, goes back to the Go Cat Go album from Carl Perkins, a song that should have been on the tug of war archive issue from paul it wasn't um oh my. my old friend which and was on go cat go and uh, the, the backing the background story for that is, is that carl perkins was so happy that john i mean paul invited him down to montserrat he wrote a song and one of the lines in the song was reportedly one of the last things john lennon ever said to him and when he played it for him, Paul went and cried. Wait, wait, wait. Your, your story what? doesn't add up. You said what? Paul Perkins wrote it. That's what you said. Carl Perkins Carl wrote Perkins. the song, but but one of the lines in the song was allegedly right. one of the last things okay. that, that John had John said, said to, to that John Paul. Said to Paul, right? Yeah, yeah. That's what I said what, what, what I missed. No, what it just I came did. out. It, it came out a little weird. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. So anyway, um, Linda said to Carl because. Carl says, what, what's going on? And Why did I make Paul cry? Yeah, and he, she, she said that's the first time um, Paul has cried since John was murdered. And it, coming from Carl Perkins, who you know was you know major influence on the Beatles, um, was probably part of that too. Um, it's a great song. I mean, it didn't come out until Go Cat Go. It wasn't, like I said, it's out of print. It should have been on um, Tug of War, and it wasn't. Uh, it's just a, a great song, and uh, for whatever reason, it's you know not in print right now. But I, maybe, I'd you know what? maybe it hit Paul too hard. I, well, maybe, maybe. Even if the whole the whole vibe, if you didn't know that Carl wrote it, you could say Paul wrote it, and he actually wrote it for John. Right? No, that's a good point. That'd be so you know, it, it, it'd be actually a nice song to play after here today or before here today. Right? You know. Also, the um, you know one thing about tug of war, just as a thing. 
reportedly Carl and Paul had done a lot of stuff recording, you know, Carl Perkins songs while they were down in Montserrat. Again, nothing on the uh, tug of war. My last track is King of Broken Hearts, one of the best playing from George on a Ringo track. Um, and right. it's on Vertical Man. Anyway, that's our show for today as we looked at some songs that Beatles have played on. There's many more we can talk about, and we'll save that for another show. I've been your moderator for today, Rob Leonard. Joining me, of course, is Mitch Axelrod. Hey, folks. Goodbye. Anthony Tony Troguardo. See ya. Thank you all. For, thank you all, and uh, we'll see you next time. Take care. Bye, mother. Fab Four Free For All was edited and produced by Tony Troguardo at Word of Mouth Studios in Westbury, New York. The opening and closing theme is My Dolly by the band The Badge, featuring longtime listener Jeff Slate, available on its debut album Digital Retro and recent Best Of compilation, as well as from the Fab Four Free For All website. Thanks for listening to Fab Four Free For All.